Does your broker tell you they're managing your retirement money on a daily basis? Really? So when they're on vacation, how does that work? Do they have computers doing their job for them? Is that reliable money management? Is it time you learned how to have reliable retirement income, keeping your principal, and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on the show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, CA Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, CA Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. Thanks for being with me. My name is Arif Hallaby, and you're listening to the Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial and Insurance Services. That's the name of the company that brings us to you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of us every weekend, especially here on AM870, The Answer. Uh, we have different topics, different strengths, different weaknesses, different focuses. So I encourage you to always understand a couple of things. You know, part of this is to say, all right, Arif, uh, we take the information you give us with a grain of salt. Not really sure what that what that uh, saying means, uh, but, you know, I think realize that there's always a point of view, right? I mean, you're, you're intelligent. You're old enough to know this. What's, a, what's my point of view? Well, it's simple. I think having some or part of your money safe is a big deal. I think having your money set aside uh, that you need, that you have to have for retirement, is a big deal. And I think there is a place for risk. There's a place for uh, the market or taking big chances. But it shouldn't be with money that you need to have at a date and time. It shouldn't be with money that for sure has to be there when you're counting on, uh, when you're counting on it for income or to help supplement your life, or just because you don't want to pay fees and or have it go backwards. So our job is different. I'm never going to make you rich. It's just not my job. My job is to keep you from being broke. One of the things that a client came in recently and brought up, they said, Eric, we heard you say that before. We heard you say you're not going to make somebody rich. And I said, yeah. But, but where did it flip for them? And here's where it did. They actually had a conversation with the broker and they said, you know, um, you th- you're saying that you can double my money and you've got great rates of return and here's where you expect it to be in 20 years and all of this. Let me see your mom and dad. Broker said, what? Yeah, yeah, let me see your parents. If you can make me rich, they are so much more important to you than I am. So you probably have made them very wealthy by now. And I thought, wow, that's that's an interesting point of view. Because the conversation changed from... You're going to make me rich where you better have already made the people in your life wealthy. Because if the goal of any company, any individual is to make you rich, to make you wealthy, to double your money in X X amount of time, then you better ask them, the people you care about that you've known longer than me, you've probably already helped them, right? I, I want to meet them. And if you're that darn good, you probably did it to yourself, probably made yourself wealthy and successful. Then I might be number three or four or five in line. So the conversation about 
where and how and how to double and triple, that's, that's just not what we're going to do. I think you should have some of your money set aside in a safe place. We used annuities, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. You could use safe products that happen through banks like CDs and savings accounts. Places where there are guarantees, there's insurance, there's protection, there's reserve accounts where you have money that isn't just subject to the market going up and down. Because if the brokers, if that Wall Street world, if the financial world is so confident they can do that, then just charge me a fee when you make me money. Right? Why do, you, why do I have to pay them first? If, if you think you are so darn good at your job, you can triple, double, quadruple my income or my, my wealth, then when you do that, man, I'm going to pay you more. Make me ten thousand, I'll give you two. Make me a hundred thousand. If you made me a hundred thousand dollars, I'd probably give you thirty thousand and call it even. Right? Because I'd say, man, this is awesome. I want to encourage you to do this again. So when you're counting how much you earned in your retirement accounts, in your four hundred one k's or your IRAs, when you're counting how much you've made, here's a good example. A client recently came in. Seven years ago, he opened up an account. Seven years ago, the market has kind of gone straight up for seven years, right? Seven years ago, they put in $167,000. Today, it's worth about 197. So 167, 197. That means they've earned $30,000. Okay, that's great. But in seven years? So we saw, okay, well, well, what are the fees with this account? Well, the, the fees were just about a little over $3,500 a year. So 3500 a year in seven years, what is that, 24, 23, 24,000? So the broker made 23 or $24,000. You made 30. It's almost like the one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. So when your Wall Street team was still chasing kids around the playground, pulling girls' hair in the, in the first grade, and all of a sudden, they say they're, they're beautiful, wonderful money man. Do you realize, go to any elementary school. If you're in your 50s, go to an elementary school right now. Look around. Find somebody that's in the 5th or 6th or 7th grade. And when they become your broker and you're retired and you're 72 or 8 or whatever, and you look around, just know that today you're working for them. You're working. You're setting aside money so that that person who has nothing to do with the growth of your money is going to get paid about the same as you. You wouldn't do that. You'd say, that's crazy. So be very careful. If you're going to add up how much you've made from the time I put my money into what it is now, then keep the denominator the same. Meaning, then add up what you've paid in fees from then till now. Don't add up what you pay in fees annually, right? Where the denominator is how much per year. And then when you when it benefits the, the Wall Street guys, you add up the other side cumulatively. How much did I put in and how much did I make? You have to say, I put in $100,000, i have made forty. It cost me $6,000. Okay, I would do that deal, right? If you, if you made me $40,000, I would give you six. But don't make $30,000 and I made forty. Who, who Whose money is it? I mean, come on. So I think that's why there's a lot of misdirection that some people will tell me when they come into my office, they say, you know, I, I tried to ask about the fees or the costs and I, and I don't ever get a, a straight answer. It always seems like they use big words and 
fancy conversations, and it's a, con- it's a bit confusing. So I want to con- uh, convince you here for just a second. One thing, you can go around them. You can contact the companies directly, ask them what my fees are, how much did I pay from the beginning till now, and the conversation you use is not the word fee, because the word fee means something. It's, it's a particular number. Ask, what is my total cost? What did it, the total cost occur during the time that I had it, uh, opened it to today? What does it cost me? And the reason you bring that up is so you can see, yes, it's a good deal, or no, it's not. Right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a restaurant, order a meal, and have a surprise where there's no prices on the menu. You wouldn't do that. And at the end, you enjoy the meal. It's fantastic. But had you know you were going to spend $300 for an appetizer, you might say, well, I probably will go somewhere else. Right? right? So you want to know the whole story at the beginning. What's the whole cost? Because I think there are more surprises than you know. Your retirement accounts that are 401ks, traditional IRAs, 403bs, which means you're, you work for a hospital or school district, research facility, nonprofit, okay, those kinds of things. It's called a 403b, also known as a TSA, tax-sheltered annuity. Same thing, TSA, 403b. So those types of accounts, if you work for a city, state, county agency, it's called a deferred compensation or 457, same idea. If you work for the federal government, like air traffic control or TSA, yours could be called or would be called a thrift savings plan, TSP. Okay, the way all of those work is simple. You put money in today. Let's say you make 100000 a year. You put 10000 into those accounts. Today, you pay taxes on ninety. But when you retire, where you retire, those dollars that are off to the side and the interest, hopefully you've made a lot of interest, you now have to pay tax at whatever your tax bracket is the day you start withdrawing. So here's why that matters. Because if you live in California, you're going to pay California taxes, 10% or higher usually. If you live in another state or your state of residence is a place that doesn't have income taxes, then you don't pay any state income tax on that money. The people in New York will often retire and move to Florida. Why? (laughs) Or New Jersey. Why do they do that? It's very simple. Because in New York, you have a city income tax, a state, and a federal. Usually, you're somewhere, depending on your income, 50 50 to 55%. So that means you're making, in some cases, every time you work, the governor gets more money than you do. You're like, thanks. Thanks for allowing me to serve you. Right? The the tax world, when everybody has to get paid on the way up and everybody has to get paid on the way down, in other words, as they're collecting your money on the way up and as they're distributing it on the way down, when all of those people are taking a piece of the dollar that you've given to them, that you've made, then a lot less money gets out into the floor, into the system. If I can go directly to a nonprofit or a charity or an organization I want to support and give that money directly, I can track it. I can say, hey, you said you were going to build a new sidewalk around the church. You didn't. You said you were going to build a new food pantry for the homeless. You didn't. 
I'm not giving you anything. Right? You can do that. So when that conversation takes place so far away from you, the capital, right? How many of you have been to Sacramento lately and had a conversation with your state assembly man or woman and ask them, you know, wait a second. Why do you guys keep passing these silly, wacky bills? Your job isn't to just keep finding something wrong and fix it. You see, that's what they think. They think their job is to go and just keep passing rules. Like, are you driving around right now or are you sitting at home right now going, gosh, I just hope, I just wish somebody somewhere is going to pass a law that needs to do this, right? There's a lot of things in your life where you say enough is enough. Just fix the roads. We're paying a dollar, dollar fifty more, sometimes two dollars more in gasoline. And we drive a lot. So imagine the amount of money you pay in gasoline. When the Department of Water and Power for the city of L.A. told everybody a couple of years ago, start uh, rationing, start cutting. We need you to cut back. And people did. 20%. They did. You guys are awesome. Great job. And that, guess what did they do with your rates? Because you were using yet less and paying less. Department of Water and Power raised your rates. And now the drought is over and has been for a bit. And now we have great uh, resources and things are wonderful and on and on. And they didn't lower your rates, did they? So ask yourself, if I keep giving all of this money, I am making everybody else wealthy. The schoolyard kid who's, uh, who's now my broker. I'm making Wall Street uh, wealthier, the politicians in the state of California. Do you, I mean, do you realize if they were to, to go there... Look, the state of Texas, do you understand they have a part-time legislature? They only work a few weeks out of the year. If you have a problem, it's all centered at your county or your city. Why? Because those are the people you're going to see at the grocery store. Those are the people at the, the Little League baseball diamond. So when you sit down and you say, hey, how can you help me? They can't hide. Right? Do you think the people in the Imperial Valley or Riverside or Mono County or Orange County, or Anaheim, or Laverne, or Santa Clarita? Do you think anybody ever sees their state assembly person at the grocery store? Yeah, look, I'm sure you do. But every time you try to ask them something, oh, call my office. Oh, go up to, uh, when you come up to Sacramento, we'll talk about it. They can hide, right? In most cases, when they pass these silly laws about I don't know, whatever gender stuff or teaching kids in, that are in kindergarten about uh, things that should. Uh, listen, most of you don't even have children. If you do, you don't raise them the way I do. Why? Why should I give you the right to tell me when and how to teach my kids about gay marriage or, or drugs or gay sex? I, I mean, really? Because you magically think second grade is the time or first grade or so. Those are the same people you're trusting with massive amounts of tax dollars. So right now, the state of California has borrowed enough money to set those dollars into a savings account. Imagine if you were to go out and take a second mortgage on your house and take $100,000 and put it in a savings account. And all you ever did is walk around going, hey, look at how much money I have. I've got 100000 in a savings account. Look at how smart I am. Don't look over here at my debt. Don't look at my balance sheet. You would say, well, ma'am, you're not talking about the whole story. So when California says we have $20 billion in savings, 
You say, well, of course you do, because you borrow to put it from your left pocket into the right, and you don't count the debt. California is hundreds of billions of dollars in debt. So what is the solution? Instead of fixing the the education crisis in the state, they go after property owners. And they say things like, hey, listen, we're going to tax you uh, on, on your property tax. Split roll. We're going to tax you. It's a, hey, listen, it's only, you know, $16, five cents, $20, $22, whatever it is. Whenever they say only and they break it down, it's called reduced to the reduced. It's actually a sales technique. Sir, this car, uh, I need an extra $60 from you a month or the payment's not going to work. Well, you know, uh, I can't afford $60 a month. Well, ma'am, it's only $2 a month, uh, $2 a day. For $2 a day, this is a beautiful car. Your safety is not worth $2 a day? Okay, I'll take two. Right? You, you would go, so what do you think they're doing when they say, oh, uh, they, they did this in Santa Clarita. They said, hey, for $25, the average house is only going to pay $25 for open space. Open space. I was like, uh-oh, I'm hearing it. And these were from some so-called conservatives. We think the city should be purchasing this property. Well, my, my tax bill wasn't $25 more. It was a heck of a lot more than that. In fact, it was twice that plus per square foot, per thousand square feet, whatever. So I share this with you because these are the people that still have student loan debt, that have credit card debt, that don't have money saved, and you're asking them to run a billions and billions of dollars of budget. But because they can run a good campaign, because they look good on TV, because they fit some gender, check these boxes, right? As if a race can make a better decision than an intellectual education. Or gender makes a better decision than somebody with experience. So let's vote them for our congressman or woman. Right? So these are important things because your social security check will be impacted. I think if you're under the age of 70, 75, your social security check, if you haven't started or if you have, it's not going to matter. I think they're going to make some changes. In fact, I think there's going to be big changes. Now what? Well, it depends. When will I have the courage to stand up? Because right now, if we were 2033 today, social security doesn't just poof, disappear. It just says, hey, you were supposed to re- receive $2,000 check. You're now going to get 1200 or $1,500. Now you're going to finally say, somebody should have done something. Well, you were the same son of a gun that, <laughs> that uh, yelled at them and called them names when they said, you're going to take away and push old people off cliffs and take away my Medicare. And every time somebody tried to do something, remember in the 90s and the 2000s, and now we called them names. So... When your check is half, maybe maybe a little more than half of what it, what you thought it's supposed to be next month versus last month, now we support somebody, right? It's like the mob in the city. Go get them, and then they chase them, and now go get him, and then everybody chases here, and now go get her, and everybody chases. Because your Social Security check, you guys, is going to be impacted. There's going to be a change. There's going to be problems, and I need you to pay attention. You need to deal with this and vote for people and support people that are trying to fix it before it gets too late. Because if they don't, 
Look, look, I told my kids, you're paying into Social Security because they all have jobs. You're paying into Social Security. Don't expect it. One, because I'm going to teach you to be financially independent. So they'll either take it from you and call it a welfare program for senior citizens. Well, sorry, they didn't save, but kid, you did. So the money you put in goes to pay them. Right? I I think that's what they're going to do for a lot of people. They're going to means test it. And the other thing they're going to do is what they're trying to do with this new bill. We'll, we'll cover that in the second half of the show. They're going to try to push dates out, push time out. Because you know what happens is people are living longer. You see, nobody expected you. Don't tell anybody I'm telling you this, but nobody expected you to live past like 68. And they, they thought, hey, well, listen, sure, we'll give you we'll give you money. Because when Franklin Roosevelt created this social security system, right, the wisdom of of the uh, semi-socialist at the time, not just him, but other people, said, we're going to come in and take, remember they took over businesses, right? They took over organizations. They just said, we are now controlling the entire railroad industry, right? That same group of people said, oh, well, we've got an idea. We're going to create this thing called Social Security. No, it's, it's a great idea, I guess, if you're thinking from an idea standpoint, but they never expected you to live. What they told companies is that person, you can let them go, fire them, lay them off, whatever you call it. And because he's 65, the, the state, the federal government will take care of them. So now you can go and hire two people for the same wages you were hiring that 65-year-old. So it allowed the, the country, the nation as a whole, to not have a bunch of testosterone-filled 20-something-year-olds running around unemployed. Is that a problem? Oh, I don't know. Today, ask China. Right? You don't want single guys unemployed running around without something to do. It's called a revolution. It's called war. It's called upheaval and crime. And the U.S. wasn't any different. So when Social Security was created, in part, it was designed as a jobs program so that the younger people would get two or three jobs out of the one or two persons that was being laid off or or let go. And why? Because he's 65. Listen, he's only going to live another year or two or three anyway. We could get out of this depression as fast as possible and move on with our lives. So it was created with the intent that it was only going to ever provide 25 or 30% of what you needed to live, about a third. Because what, what happened? Well, back in the day, you were somebody that worked, and you bought a house, and you paid it off. And you didn't move every seven years, and you didn't upgrade to that school district or to this house because it has a view of this. That wasn't the way it worked. Instead, it was simple. You went out and you said, hey, I am going to buy a house. This is my home. I'm going to add on if I need to. I'm going to rebuild if I need to. But I'm going to pay it off. Why do you think mortgages are 30-year mortgages? They're 30-year mortgages simply because by the time as a male, you kind of get your head on straight, right? You're probably 25 or 30. You get settled, finally marry, uh, get married and settle down. You buy your first house. You're now 30 years old, plus 30. Now you're 60. So the idea was to have this house paid off during your heavy working years so that you had a place to live. And because you would add on to it, your children or grandchildren, others would stay. You would move your parents in. They would move in the back 30, whatever it was, and you would grow. 
So Social Security was designed to give you income just to keep you above this poverty level. And today, people aren't saving in their own retirement account because remember, part of it was this whole retirement thing is fairly new, 40 years old. So what you have is people who set aside time in life that said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be ready to work and go back to school and do all the stuff that I want to do. So I'm going to restart my life at 45 years old. Well, Social Security has rules about how much you have to work. So a lot of the challenges behind the scenes in Social Security was today, is today especially, people don't understand the value or what it's supposed to be used for. Why does that matter to you? Because your family needs to remember that if you're expecting Social Security to be part of your retirement account, I would say underestimate it. Expect it to be a lot less. And if it's more, fantastic. And if it isn't, you're not caught off guard. You're not caught by surprise. And you're going to take care of you and your family. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, this uh, new law, the Secure Savings Act. What does that mean to you? Is there something we can do? And don't make these retirement mistakes. All right, we've got a few when we come back. The Total Financial Hour, I'm Arif Hallaby. Hey, 888-99-RETIRE. That's my number, 888-997-3847. We'll talk to you in a bit. Stay with it. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Arif Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. TFS Financial and Insurance Services brings us to you every week. Hey, look, look we're talking about a few things. Uh, reach out to me if you'd like. 888, that's 888-99-RETIRE. I had somebody call recently and they go, Arif, it just doesn't work because there's a, a number that's missing. So let me explain to you how it works. 888-997-3847. When you type in retire, right, with the letters on the phone, you're going to have a letter or two left over. No problem. Your phone knows how to do it. Sometimes the cell phones will have a problem. So guess what? You just drop the last letter, which is the E. Right? So it's 3847, 997-3847. I thought it was cute. She's like, Arif, I think something's wrong. Well, sooner or later, I think we're going to need to add a new number anyway because of all the phones, right? How many phone numbers do you even have? Remember, we had one, the house phone, one. Today, my iPads have a phone number, right? If you have the the cell service system, your cell phone, your wife or husband has a cell phone, your kids have a cell phone. Those are all different numbers. The house, the fax machine, if you still have one of those, so any one person when you used to have a household had one phone number, today the entire family could have seven, eight, nine phone numbers. Now multiply that across the spectrum and you're thinking to yourself, I should have been in the phone number business, <laughs> right? I, I knew a gentleman who, who thought, hey, I got an idea. This whole cell phone system, he worked in that world. He borrowed money to buy a piece of land that was at a... A weird spot, right? Not buildable, hillside, hilly, not really even a a pad of any sort to build a home on. But it happened to be in a pass where two freeways kind of crossed. So he spent very little. I think it was $10,000 and they laughed at him like, oh, you're silly. What are you going to do with it? And he got an easement to get up there. Can you say cell phone tower? Can you say $2,500 a month? 
1500 a month and 1000 a month from three different carriers that pay him on a $10,000 budget. And they have to clear it, right? They have to have a goat or, or a backhoe or something clean up the, the debris so, so there's never a fire up there. Brilliant. So let me explain something to you. When I talk about retirement, he lives it. He retired early because he thought about this, so he ended up buying a couple more. And by understanding something, you have multiple sources in, of income in retirement. The biggest challenge are folks that think that they, they are going to have only one and that it's sufficient. I, I think you might have heard me talk about a Caltrans engineer, a gentleman who worked, uh, worked his way up, makes six figures income, does very well. And when I said, so are you saving for, in your deferred compensation? And he said, well, no, I'm not. I'm just paying off my house and I have a great pension. Now he thinks his pension is going to be $10,000 a month and maybe it will. But what I think is that there's no way in the world that a guy who retires at 60 years old is going to be able to afford or that the entity isn't going to be able to afford to pay him $10,000 a month forever. And then his wife gets the same one, right? Who's much younger than him. You really think for the next 50 years, they're going to pay him more money than he made in the last 10? I, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, oh, and by the way, property taxes don't go down, right? For those of you that think you have a Prop 13, can you say split roll? You can go back and pull. Five years ago, I started talking about this. I said, hey, the only way they're going to fix this uh, mess in the state of California, the pension mess especially, Number one, they're going to have to lie to you. They're going to have to say it's for the children and for class size. That's what they have to do. It's for class size. It's for old people. It's for the children. They need a nurse. Don't you want a nurse? I want a nurse. Can you say not true? And by the time everybody realizes that it's a lie, right, the fact-checking companies and the media finally sits true, you realize the election's over, and what they did is very, very sneaky. What they do is they, the same thing they did with the lotto money. The millions of dollars in lotto money that came in to help the schools was supposed to fix the problem. And what the state did is they took the money that was supposed to go to the schools yesterday. When the lotto money comes in, they just took that money and took it out and just replaced it. So now they use that money for other pet projects. The amount of billions, billions with the B, 50% of the state budget, half of the state budget goes towards education. And you're telling me you have a surplus and you're telling me you can't fix the school problems? Listen, uh, you guys give drunken sailors a bad name. You're blowing more money. Uh, I mean, can, can somebody say, hey, 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 nice try. You did a good job. Let's, let's get out of here. Let's, let's pay you something. Let's just, I mean, you guys, do you understand this? How many seniors are going to be able to, to keep their home? When they're only at, at uh, when nearly 100% of their money is coming from Social Security, their property taxes were known and manageable. They can't afford to move. The uh, wire uh, fences, right? Steel, uh, wrought iron fences around their home because the neighborhoods are going to pot. Wrought iron windows, steel doors on their, on their home because they can't afford to move because the property taxes, the moving costs, uh, everything could change. Oh, but Eric, they can take it with them. Ah, look at this fine print. Depends on where you move, which county. You can't move out of state. 
there's a lot of things that happen where you feel kind of trapped as a senior. So this is what they're going to do with that money. They're going to take the money from you on this you know, election they had last week. This is their deal. They're going to take the money from you, their plan, and they're going to shuffle it around. So they're going to take this dollar and make it that dollar and this dollar and make it that dollar and put it into the pensions. Now, I have a lot of educators as clients. I want them to do well because they're clients. They're good people. I care about them. But do you understand that if you're going to pay somebody for the next 30 years in retirement, that means you're going to have to have two people or three people do the same job, right? Because two people are going to be in retirement, and now you have a third person working. They're working and doing the job. You have somebody that just retired and somebody that retired 25, 30 years ago. So one teacher's spot could have two or three or four people that are being paid Oh, Eric, they're paid out of the pension. It's a different formula. Not anymore because they just shift the money around. Listen, just keep it simple. Would I say, hey, listen, I want to buy a new car. I'm not taking the house payment money. I'm just buying a new car. Okay, well, there's a fixed amount of dollars that come into the house. Uh, I'm going to take money from my cell phone, get rid of one of those, buy this, move it around. Listen, it's the same dollars. So, What I am concerned about is this. We are in some of the longest expansions uh, in the economic world for quite a long time. And when I say expansion, uh, that's a good thing. We're about 10 years. That means 10 years the U.S. has been growing. By July, it will become the nation's longest in record. Better than the 90s when uh, Bill Clinton uh, was president and Republicans were in Congress. Right, That was a good symbiotic relationship. Bill Clinton would have been uh, chased out of the party today for many reasons. The Democrat world would never have him as, as part of their spokesperson. Right, Remember the crime bill, etc. While many ec- economists say that this one position, I'm reading now from uh, a great article in the Wall Street Journal. Let me read this gentleman's name. John. John Hill. Oh, gosh. Hills and Wrath. Okay, came out June 3rd. The combination of tariffs, trade wars, other damaging uh, economic news could, in his opinion, and probably will derail this particular uh, growth rate. Here's the challenge. The issues with China, the issues with the central bank missing interest rate hikes or going too far, too fast. They never get it right. They're not bad people. It's just, it's hard to predict. It's like me trying to shoot an arrow at a moving car that hasn't even left the garage yet. I'm going to guess when it's going to be at the right spot. I'm going to launch it into the air and the car now leaves the garage. I can't see it. It's around the corner. I mean, you get it. It's a blind, you're guessing, you kind of have an idea, but they're never going to get it right. They either go too far or not far enough. That's just the nature of it. The goal is to try to correct it as quick as possible. But even if you put money into the financial system, it takes a long time to impact. It took almost a year for President Trump's economic uh, changes to really make a difference in the economy. We're very happy the things that he's doing. Right? Remember uh, President Obama's ignorance? What is he going to do? Just magically make the uh, 3% happen? What an, what, a, what an ignorant, uninformed guy. Drop the mic. 
At least I will be president on Saturday Night Live. You remember that? Drop the mic. At least I at least I will be. What an arrogant son of a gun. You got a chance to see his true nature when he was dishonest last week. Right? When he's in Brazil. Anybody can have a gun at any time, anywhere. Buy a machine gun. Buy this. See, listen, I used to think he was ignorant about the health insurance world because I was preaching against it. I'd, I've been on radio now over 15 years. 3,000 radio shows. I used to preach against that uh, lots of things and for lots of things, economically speaking, because that's my wheelhouse. And when I saw President Obama talking about this, I thought, well, you know, it's such an obvious thing that it, that's going to happen. Every time the government gets involved with something, the prices go up. I, I knew this when I was in my early 20s and the solar panel thing was going on. And they said, hey, we're going to give you money for solar panels, said the state of California and the federal government. I said, okay. Well, a couple months before that, I called the guy who comes over to the house. I think it was $11,000, if I remember right. No, sorry, $7,000. We're a little house, 1,100 two-bedroom, two-bath house. My first home. I said, hey, I'd like to have solar panels. I think that would be great. Save us money. Comes in, he says, it's $7,000. I could only afford actually about five grand. I said, you know, I'm not going to go into debt over this. I, I, I can't do this. A couple of years go by, and the federal government, state government, we're going to give you money for solar panels. Okay. So I call him back. I said, hey, how much is it now? He said, oh, it's $11,000. I said, but they just said they're going to give me like 3500 bucks. That should make it about 4000 maybe five. And he said, no, we just raised it. We're, we're taking that money. I said, that's crazy. Well, can you say electric car? Can you say school tuition? Or dare I say health care? Why do you think the prices are off the charts? Ask a doctor how much they are actually paid at the end of the story. And then the doctor has to pay for her staff, her electric bill, workers' comp insurance, malpractice insurance, the lease, and on and on. Ask them how much they bill and how much they receive. And then look at your bill. You know, back in the day, we used to do a lot of health insurance for clients. And we have one particular client who was an orthopedic surgeon. And he was a client, and we did the health insurance for his office. I don't know, 20 people, 25 people worked for him. So we, we did the health insurance for uh, Blue Cross. And he was also a physician that accepted Blue Cross. So I went by his office one day, and he says, Eric, you've got to see these two letters that I got. And one of them said, Dr. So-and-so, as an employer, the doctors, the cost of health care has gone up, so we're, we are uh, going to have to raise your premiums. And then another letter says, Dr. So-and-so, as a provider, we appreciate you, but we're going to have to reduce what we pay you because we're not bringing in as much money and the cost of health care. He's like, what are you talking about? You're paying me less money. What cost of health care? So you see the insurance companies, the bailout, it wasn't a health care bill, Obamacare. It was a health insurance bailout. That's all it was. That's all it is. So what is the cost for your health insurance? I told you mine. If you've listened before, mine's over 3000 3250 I think, per month. For me, my wife, and, and three children. $3,200 with a, with a $12,000 deductible. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, how two years ago was I able to do it for $870? Three years ago, I guess now. 
$870 a month with a $4,000 deductible. A 400% increase. So ask yourself, where do these dollars come from? I think as a retiree, you guys, you're the one that's going to be hit by it. It's the reason people leave. Look at the health insurance costs in the state that you want to move to. Because a lot of people are leaving California. Right now, we have massive amounts of jobs. Let me see if I can get the last number to you. I want to say it's 1 million people now have left California. Net 1 million. So 5 million have moved in. 6 million have moved out. Who has moved in? Number one, mega wealthy. And number two, dirt poor. Forgive my uh, description. The poorest. Because if you're illegal, if you come to this country and you don't have anything, California is a great state to be. Because the tens of thousands, 50,000 plus in total benefits and income for a family of four, just for being in the state of California, that's per year. That's great. But if you're a middle-class person who worked here and did all the right things and paid your taxes, you're going to say, listen, I just can't afford to be here anymore. I got to leave. So we have lost millions of people in the middle income, six million. And the people that have stayed are poor and mega wealthy. The mega wealthy, just so you know, they pay property tax because they own the mega, mega mansions here. Got it. But their state of residence for a lot of these people, big pro athletes, movie stars, singers, big mouth liberals, their state of residence is not California. It's a condo in Florida or in Reno or in Washington State. Zero income tax. Now, the place might have high property tax, but they don't own a Bengal mansion there. They just spend six months and a day out of the state of California. So what is the state of California doing now? If you're that middle income and you're trying to pull a fast one like that, guess what they're doing? They're going after you. So if you move out of the state of California and you tell them you do, then you better do everything you're supposed to do. I'm going to have on my show coming up here uh, a great opportunity to speak to a, a gentleman who moved over a year ago out of the state of California. And I'm going to say for you, but wait till you hear what the state of California is doing to him. It's incredible. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you don't live here anymore. It's like when I used to have a business in the city of Los Angeles, and then I sold it, closed it, and moved. For years, they kept saying, you better pay your city of LA business tax. I said, uh, but I don't, I don't have a business in the city. I'm, I'm not in the city. Well, yeah, prove it. I go, well, how am I supposed to prove something that doesn't exist? The business has been closed, I think it was five years at the time. You, you know, where's the dollars? Uh, how, how do you not know that I'm not here anymore? Look around. There isn't a sign. There isn't anything. I'm not in the city. State of California is doing the same thing. They're pinging your cell phones. Just like New Jersey. How much time are you spending in this state? They're researching your credit card purchases, making sure you're supposed to not be here. Then why are you spending money at the Grove? Why are you spending money at your, uh, your Encino favorite coffee shop? Right? So they're, they're, they're checking. Because if you're here and you're supposed to be here and you live here, then you got to pay taxes the way that they say. You can't do anything you're not supposed to, but people are doing it. And it isn't usually the middle income, folks, just so you know. 
I, I've never met somebody yet that says I am wealthy. I everybody thinks they're middle class. Thirty thousand a year in income, I'm middle class. Maybe lower middle class, they might say that. Three hundred and fifty thousand a year, I'm middle in class. Uh, middle class, I might be upper middle class, but I'm still middle. Everybody thinks they're middle. So when you're in the state of California, their job is to go after people that are not paying their taxes, rightfully so. But here's what the challenges are. Your cars better be registered, your, co- your health insurance, your car insurance. They look at everything. Because all of these folks that are collecting the money, you know, they need pension payments too, right? They're all, it's almost like I'm collecting for myself, like the old tax collector, right? In biblical times, a tax collector used to collect the taxes and how he was paid was out of the money that he took from you. So the more they could take, because they had to, the, the way it worked is simple. They had to say, listen, you need to bring me X amount of dollars. Anything you collect above and beyond that is yours. Right? Wasn't Matthew a tax collector? So that's why people didn't like them a whole lot. They thought they were pretty yucky and, and dishonest people. I'm not saying the folks that work for the state of California are that way. I'm just saying that's the same way they're getting paid. Right? When they collect from you, it's all a roundabout circle, just like water and power. It goes right back into the bucket. So make sure that you pay your taxes. Don't do anything wrong. Don't, do, don't be sneaky. Don't try to say that I'm living here, but I'm not. If you move out of the state of California, move out of the state of California. Certainly you can have a condo here or a house and come back and visit, whatever you do. Find out what the rules are. I think it's six months minus a day and six months plus a day. Right? So, so there's a particular formula. I'm bringing this up to you because I'm getting more and more people Start that are honest, hardworking, law-abiding citizens that are trying to think of a way to still be here and not be here, right? Well, don't get yourself in trouble. And when you really leave, uh, do things that show you really have left, right? That means car registration, your health insurance, all of those things need to be in the new city, the new state. All right. What's the, the bill that the House uh, has passed and I think the president's going to sign and everything's going to be all set up? It's called the SECURE Act. It, basically, it's simple. It's going to allow people to have a greater amount of money set aside for retirement, meaning you can, you can put in more money, which I like. It's going to allow you to delay taking money out. See, here's the problem. For a lot of people, when you turn age 70 and a half, It's such a confusing system. Right now, it's the year following the year you turn 70 and a half. That's when your first distribution. Your second distribution is going to be, what? Have you ever asked yourself, this is kind of silly. What is this all about? Why not just tell me I got to start taking money out at 70 or 71 or 72, et cetera? So here's where I see the problem. And there's a couple of problems with it. Number one is a lot of people... uh, would love to have the problem that they don't need the money. So that'd be great if I could delay my income, says a lot of people. So this really design is designed to serve those at the higher end, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But just like I said, I think Social Security is going to be means-tested. That means I think that eventually they're going to say, listen, you're doing great, right? If you're a Bill Gates, Bill O'Reilly, or Bill the Plumber, everybody gets Social Security when you hit that age, and it's based on your number. It doesn't matter how much money you make. So 
I think they're going to cut that back or eliminate it or do something. And that's one of the ways they're going to fix it. And how they're going to do that is by giving you a chance to have your own money. So this SECURE Act is going to say, listen, don't start taking out money at 70 and a half. You can wait till age 72. If they do that, then I think people will be a lot happier. Second is I think it's going to be easier to get annuities. That's the idea. They want to put annuities where insurance companies' job is to take and make money and, and have the risk transferred to them. When you think about this, right, we elect people that are lawyers to pass laws about financial stuff. Do they know anything about financial stuff? No, not really. Sometimes. But just because they're a lawyer doesn't mean they're a good one. Just because they passed a test doesn't mean you got a C minus or an A plus. Who knows? They call them lawyer. They call them doctor. Right? They're called the same thing as the person who's down the hall that did much better. So when you're looking at the results of these legislators, ask yourself, the state of California, these people that are running the show, are they doing a good job? Well, let's think about it. They're chasing more people out of the state. Homelessness is at record numbers. They have sanctuary states where they're bringing in more and more illegal people to count. They want them to vote, to dilute your power. The state of California legislators are one political party controls the state. Do you know that? One. Every major office, it's the only state in the nation where everybody from top to bottom, if they're reelected, if they want to be reelected, they are. So you need to step up. Get active. This is your financial life, guys. I don't want you to run out of money. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Arif Hallaby. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to me, it's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Thanks for being with me. TFS Financial Insurance Services. I'm Arif Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial power. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.